baby. What's up? What's up? We are live. We are back in action. It is time to get it cracking and making it happen here on the Power 32 podcast. Let's roll. It is Super Bowl edition time. We either the Chiefs or the Eagles are going to reach NFL Nirvana. Welcome back for another edition, guys, of Power 32, presented by the Sports Column and brought to you by Reebok. Reebok, the deal of the week. All you got to do is go to 33podcast.com. Let us take care of you. Click on the link. Get the Nano X1 Grit Men's Training Shoes. They're all they're on sale right now, 15% off plus. All Reebok has got to offer from the hoodies, the fleece sweatshirts, and tons of great fresh new kicks that you guys can get. Let 33 hook you up. Get that discount. Free shipping to your door. It's a beautiful thing. Time to rock and roll. It's football time. We are just hours away from the Super Bowl over here. A day and hours away, I should say. And I am blessed to have a superstar freaking panel of NFL minds with me. Starting with Mr. Patrick Bernard, who had me on his show last week, Devereaux Sports, a few weeks ago, and had a blast, actually. So it was only right when your Eagles beat my Niners in the ugliest fashion possible. (laughs) I figured it'd only be right to get you on the show to debate the Eagles side of the ball. So, Patrick, I'm glad you're here, man. Listen, I appreciate, Jason, you having me hop on with you guys. Uh, Great minds here today. And uh, I'm hoping... For the second time in five years, we get to see a parade down South Philly. I mean, I got a, a team of young guys here, my my young kids, who've only got to experience this one. I grew up a whole childhood without no championships here in Philadelphia. It wasn't only until I was 22 until I saw Philly's one. So now, uh, you know, with you know, with the great mind of Howard Roseman, I got to tip my cap. This guy's been doing some good, good things here in the city of Philadelphia. Even when he traded Carson Wentz, I thought the man was crazy. But apparently, I was foolish. To, to realize he he took you know, dumped got rid of him and brought in Jalen Hurts right. and so far so good so far so damn great it's been an amazing thing GM of the freaking year Harry Roseman no doubt mm-hmm. about it doing an amazing job over there as Dennis knows we also have Dennis Mickelson slash DMIC at DMIC Media director of Witty Radio W I T Y Radio who's been a diehard Chiefs fan since the days of Hank Strand baby Dennis you've done play by play. You're a motorsports journalist, which is awesome. you got quite a background, man. So it's great to have you on for the first time, bro. Yeah, I'm never sure what I want to do when I grow up. But, uh, you know, <laughs> you formerly, yeah, formerly was riding with uh, fake pigskin before they died and we had pulled pork sausage uh, or, you know, <laughs> sandwiches. And and now, uh, you know, we've branched off with our own uh, little thing over at Science of Fantasy Football. And, yeah, I'm, I'm so old I lived between the 50-year drought of uh, wins for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, So, you know, living through the Paul Wiggins days, I'm enjoying the Andy Reid days. There you go. There you go. Philly got to experience it, and now you get to. And ironically, there they are facing off in the Super Bowl. Unbelievable. And and I think those Eagles are loaded for a long run here on the NFC side of things. And unlike my Chiefs, who have to compete against every young quarterback in the league is in the AFC – I think the Eagles are going to have a much easier path, and I think the Eagles are in for a a nice long run here. That is a good team already, and it's only going to get better with their draft picks that they've got to uh, utilize here over the next couple of years. So uh, I have a feeling we're going to see this uh, Eagles-Chiefs matchup more than just once here in the next decade. That's certainly very possible. We're talking about two of the best young quarterbacks, and not just young but quarterbacks in the league, without a doubt. I mean, Jalen Hurts only 24, and obviously Mahomes winning his second MVP at 27 years old. Uh, these guys are great. So it is certainly possible. Of course, it does hurt when you have to pay somebody, and then other players don't get paid, but we'll see how it works out. 
Anyway, knowing all about that stuff is also making his Power 32 debut. Tucker Booth at Tucker Dale Booth on Twitter, host of Rappers Don't Golf Podcast. I freaking love the name <laughs> of that show. That is awesome. He's a writer. He's a rapper. He's a professional entertainer. Welcome to the show, my man. How you doing? Hey, super happy to be here, you guys. I feel like I'm like the least qualified sports mind. <laughs> <laughs> but if you need me to freestyle battle rap you by the end, I, I can take care of that, you know, so, <laughs> you know, levels. I will say uh, everybody else is repping their teams. As you can see, I am a Rams fan. Lived in St. Lou. Been a fan out here. We are still the champs for another 36 hours. So <laughs> the last. 36 hours of our championship reign, but it's been a good year. We're very grateful for last year and how special it was. I got to be at five games at SoFi. I got to see the NFC championship game. Lots of great memories of recent past. And now uh, I'm just grateful that the Niners lost and that we're where we're at. <laughs> you got to kill me now. It's not, it's not good enough that the Rams are bad. The 49ers have to lose too. I understand how it works. That's over true. Here. That's true. But uh, <laughs> like they all said, these teams really impressive uh obviously kansas city is bordering on dynasty status when they're able to keep getting to the super bowl as regularly as they do mahomes is a beast and philly looks super impressive you know i kind of had my doubts all year if they could get it done in the big games but they've done it so far granted they got pretty lucky with the niners we'll see how they do with the hobble mahomes but yeah i agree with the boys i think the eagles look like they're set to be good for a long time and kansas city is super duper impressive so i think the game's going to be a great one for sure. Yeah. yeah, Philly is the favorite right now, a point and a half. Um, Over-under is 51, so they're expecting a lot of points in this game. But there's still two pretty good defenses at the same time. And defense is what wins championships in the trenches. We're going to talk a lot about that. First, we're going to get into a little bit of NFL honors action. And the awards came out a few nights ago. So we're going to see if we agree or disagree with just a few of them before we get into the Super Bowl breakdown. So, you know, Pat, let me start it out with you. Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> all right? He won the MVP. Again, that's his second one. Uh, I'm not going to say he didn't deserve it. I mean, he led the league in a whole bunch of offensive categories, quarterback categories, but I felt like Jalen Hurts almost proved his worth as MVP when he missed those two games and Philly didn't look anywhere near like what Philly looked like. So I'm okay with Mahomes winning it, but if Hurts won, I would have been happy too. What do you think? Jason, I totally agree with you. Either quarterback, I'm totally fine with. You know, everybody here in Philly had their doubts coming into the season about Jalen Hurts, about whether he if his mechanics would step up. And my broadcaster and I, you know, looked at it and uh, we said, "You got to give him a chance, right?" You know, when we looked at Josh Allen coming to his first year, everyone thought he was going to be nothing. But his, you know, they, his skills and the mechanics improved, and Jalen Hurts has pinpoint accuracy. I mean, his throws are crisp. Uh, find the open guys, find, you know, getting throw, making those tight throws and those tight windows. He's looked really sharp, but um, you, you know, you just fell short to Patrick Mahomes, a guy who, who actually everyone, you know, everyone's a little bit worried about, believe it or not here in Philadelphia, because we know the kind of quarterback Patrick Mahomes is. He's an explosive quarterback. He can make plays. He, we've seen it. I mean, he could find someone It does you know, doesn't have to be Travis Kelsey. It could be a no name and he'll hold hustling the rock to him. So yeah, I understand. This is why, you know, again, this is, I'm very excited that, you know, Patrick Mahomes got well-deserved again, the, the injury bug creeped in on Jalen Hurts and this is why he fell short. Yeah. I mean, that's the only reason why I believe he definitely would have won it had he played all 17 games and I'm still having a problem saying 17 games is still weird. It's like, <laughs> roll up out of my mouth, Dennis. Mm. 
me, but it is what it is. And again, I probably would have voted for Jalen Hurts, but again, I don't have a problem with Patrick Mahomes winning it. Burrow had a couple of votes. Uh, Josh Allen had a couple of votes. But what are your thoughts? Are you good with it? I just don't understand why there's an MVP for the whole league and not the the two conferences. Well, you know, in Major League Baseball, you have an American mm-hmm. League and you have an, a National League MVP. Uh, Jalen Hurts is a guy that I was heavily invested in in dynasty fantasy football lineups. I I thought this kid had uh, amazing potential to really break out. He goes from bottom five in the stats uh, in pocket quarterback uh, stats uh, for his first two years to top uh, leads the league in in pocket passing quarterback uh, this year. So a tremendous season. But you look at what Mahomes did, and when Tyreek Hill left, everybody was thinking, oh, you know, that's it for Mahomes. He's not going to – who's he going to have to throw to? But when I looked at that roster of the Chiefs, you know, obviously Tyreek Hill is in a class all by himself. But you look at what they had at second, third, and fourth wide receiver last year versus one through four this year as a group. And that was before they added Katerius Toney. Uh, now, if he could ever stay healthy, that's another story. But when you look at the lack of targets and the lack of of uh, talent that he had at wide receiver, and I'm not saying that, you know, Juju's not a good wide receiver and MVS isn't a good wide receiver. They're not A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith good. And so for Mahomes to actually have a better season this year without Tyreek Hill – uh, I think that's what earned him that MVP status. And there were games that, especially early in the year, you know, the Chiefs are lining up so many rookies uh, on the in the starting defense, and they were getting hurt early. And Mahomes just always managed to, to pull it out. The only two losses that he had, uh, other than that disaster game against the Indianapolis Colts that I'm still trying to figure out how they lost that game, but the other losses that they had were to the best two quarterbacks in the league other than Mahomes. So I, I look at it and I say, you know, MVP status, yeah, he deserved it. But Jalen Hurts, my goodness, what a tremendous young talent. And he was the most improved quarterback from last year to this year, without a doubt. But I just don't understand why there isn't an MVP in each conference. They deserve it. Yeah, I kind of like that idea. That's interesting. You're right. They do it in baseball. Why not have it in each conference? I mean, there's so many players who are worthy of it that do get left out. So that is definitely interesting. And uh, look, Pat knows how much of a Jalen Hurts fan that I definitely think that that I think he is. Look, I, I picked uh, the Eagles to go to the Super Bowl preseason, even over my 49ers. So that shows you my objectivity. So I knew Philly was going to be really good, Tucker. I didn't know they were going to be this good. And Jalen Hurts was going to shine like that. So he was the MVP going up until when he got hurt and he busted up that shoulder, pretty much everybody had him number one for the most part, but does that two games take away from it? Or is it more than Mahomes magic that we saw again? Well, first, before I get to that, let me also just add the caveat that I always feel like defensive players get snubbed in the MVP voting. And, you know, last year, for example, I mean, Aaron Donald has been so great for so long. Why is he not getting more votes? You know, people like that. And I think this year you could hold up a lot of defensive players too that I think deserve a lot of credit for how good their teams were. Um, so I'll just put that out there. But as far as Hurts versus Mahomes goes, you know, it's it's hard because I know the MVP award is, is for the season, you know, not the playoffs. But you see the way that Hurts 
got injured and how there was kind of a little bit of regression there, especially how kind of tentative he got about running, um, you know, because he was kind of favoring the, the, the shoulder a little bit and then not wanting to fall on it. And then you see Mahomes get hobbled in the playoffs, and it's like he just has <laughs> unbelievable guts and grit to be able to get through that. I mean, when I saw that ankle injury, I thought, they're done. Uh, you know, it's almost like when Purdy got hurt in the Niners game. I, I thought, oh, they're done. They can't get it done without Mahomes. And look at him. He just somehow continues to rise above an injury that surely would have, you know, limited mortal quarterbacks more so than him. And I know, again, that's playoffs versus regular season. But I think if I were voting, I would give it to Mahomes in a photo finish. I think both of them deserve tons of credit for how great they are. But I think what makes Hurts great is the mobility. And I know that there's kind of a short shelf life for that. A lot of these guys that roll out a lot end up getting hurts, Robert Griffins and whoever. But I think when he was a little more limited with the mobility, you see the difference. And and that Mahomes could stay as mobile as he did on an ankle sprain like that is just mind-blowing to me. So, you know, for the body of work this year, I'll give it to Mahomes in a really close race. Yeah, Mahomes really is Superman. It's amazing what he's doing. And he was obviously nowhere near 100% in that Cincinnati Bengal game. Otherwise, he probably would have scored more than the 23 points that it came out to be, 23, 24, whatever the heck the final score was. But, no, okay, both amazing, no doubt about it. Jalen Hurts, you want to say most improved, I like that because I don't like the Comeback Player of the Year award, which Geno Smith got. That should be more of a most improved Player of the Year award because Geno Smith didn't come back from anything. You give that to a guy like, I don't know, Christian McCaffrey or Saquon Barkley, in my opinion, right, Pat? Oh, man, if first of all, Geno Smith, I mean, is it your fault or I, my fault that he got benched? You're right. Yeah, you know? right. <laughs> I mean, he got benched. Am I missing something here? Uh, if, if anybody, look, and I'm not trying to sound like a homer or wave my homer pom-poms for the Eagles, but Brandon Graham, if, if I'm not mistaken, just came back from Achilles' heel, and that man's been on a tear. Yeah. So, uh, uh, you know, when I look at a scene and I see Geno Smith get something, I, I threw my hands up in my truck. I'm like, are you are you kidding me? Like, well, is, is this what we're doing here? I mean, th this guy got himself benched. I mean, come on. What, what, what are we talking about here? Come on. Right. right. Exactly. You can say most improved or most surprised players, something like that. But, no, it's not It's not a comeback. He's not making a comeback from anything except from sucking and riding the bench. So I really yeah. don't get that move, Dennis. It, it bothers my mind, man. Yeah, I, I was a little bit surprised. I was actually happy to see Gino get it because he's always been a class act as far as coming off the bench, doing what he's, you know, being the good teammate and never griping. But yeah. CMC was the comeback player of the year. He And you just look at the difference in the 49ers offense when he came to join them and – it was just incredible. So, and yeah, I can make a case for Barkley as well, but I can make a bigger case for CMC. He just was a monster. But again, we pay more attention to the offensive side of the ball for all these awards than the defensive. And you could probably find about five or six guys on the defensive side of the ball who had incredible comeback years this year. But as far as the offensive side of the ball, CMC got robbed. Yeah, it seems like it to me, Tucker. I know. Like, again, no, Geno Smith, great. You did excellent this year. You know, you thrived in the peak, Harry. You guys got to the playoffs. You got taken care of in the first round. Yada, yada, no problem. But, again, it, the award doesn't match up to the person who got it. Yeah, I mean, I think the comeback part for me is that he was so highly touted when he got drafted, right? So he was a super high draft pick. Uh, number one, if I'm not mistaken, right? 
I think he was. Like, I think it was like six or something like that. He was in the first round, though. Yeah, first round. Yeah. They're they're putting all their eggs in his basket, and he never really panned out. So I guess the comeback is from the high expectation meets the low results, and then this year finally seeing a legitimate starting quarterback who now has a case to be paid handsomely for what he did this year. So I guess he came back from oblivion. It's almost like it's the resurrection award for him versus. <laughs> Kind of funny he gets he gets rewarded for sucking, you know, a year before. That's just what it is. Like, you sucked <laughs> so bad last year. We're going to give you an award. By all of us, I mean, you know, the fact that he was able to come in and because again, when when you heard that Geno was going to be the starter for Seahawks this year, did you think they're making the playoffs? No, that's fair. Absolutely no, I did not. So, so I guess that that's part of it. But I'm with you on the fact that as much as it really hurt that the Rams lost the McCaffrey sweepstakes, watching him play the Rams in that game where he ran for a touchdown, caught a touchdown, threw a touchdown. Uh, he's unbelievable. And I know he was good when he was with Carolina, but I don't ever remember him being that good. And obviously fitting into a system like the Niners helped. But, yeah, I'd probably have to vote for CMC too just for how immediately he made the Niners go from being one of the contenders to really kind of the favorite really? in, in my mind coming into the playoffs and you know the only thing that really hampered them obviously was injury but that wasn't his fault hell he was taking snaps at quarterback in the last game I mean that's how <laughs> important he is to that team and yeah I'd probably vote for CMC too and it's no coincidence whatsoever that the 49ers started going on their winning streak once CMC got there so like that's a correlation not a coincidence at all so there you go um, one more I wanted to go over with you guys before we start breaking down the game the meat and potatoes of everything is the offensive and defensive rookie of the year the Jets swept that category with Garrett Wilson and Sauce Gardner, and I'm not pissed off about it, Pat. I'm cool with it, but I would have thought about Aiden Hutchinson for defense possibly. But the thing with Garrett Wilson is as great as he is, and he did it without really a really good quarterback, so maybe that went into it. I wonder if he is the best of those rookie wide receivers because you got Chris Olave who started lighting it up. Christian Watson picked it up second half of the season. George Pickens making the best of what he can out of Kenny Pickett. Uh, Drake London and now Jameis Williams uh, enters, you know, the uh, that rookie atmosphere now of these wide receivers who have been so good. So what do you think about Garrett Wilson winning and Sauce Gardner winning? And do you think that Garrett Wilson might be the best wide receiver out of this whole bunch that came out of the draft this year? Yes, I'm going to say Garrett Wilson has been. And for a guy who, who's been, listen, I, I struggled in fantasy football this year. So uh, when your team stinks, you start you picking anything on the waiver wire, and I saw Garrett Wilson. And now I'm just saying, but you know, the, the kid made some plays this year. I mean, he oh, was, yeah. and like I said, you you don't know who who's going to be throwing, uh, you know, the rock out of the Jets. You can have me, you, uh, the guy that working at the grocery store. You don't know who's going to be your quarterback from day to day. But you do know one thing: this kid is a playmaker for them. And one thing about the Jets having a wideout like this kid, it is going to be solidify their future as. Now looking, you know, some kid who can make plays out of the bat, you know, whether it's in double coverage, whether it's cross the middle. I mean, this kid can, you know, does all sorts of routes for these guys, uh, whether it's a hook and route, however you want to do it. Uh, and he's very, very good, you know, like I said, in that, in that, in the, in the wideout position for those guys. So yeah, Garrett Wilson, absolutely a stud for them. Drake London, eh, he could. He he he! I'm, he's, I'm for me. Give him another couple of years to develop, and uh, we'll see what we got there. But yeah, going back to Garrett Wilson, just a stud. And yeah, that's my pick. Yeah, he he did. He looked phenomenal, rightfully yeah. so. 
Yeah, and I think I have to agree with you on Garrett Wilson. I mean, every time I looked up, I felt like he had, you know, seven, eight catches for 140 yards. I'm like, how is he doing this with Mike White and Zach Wilson and Joe <laughs> freaking Flacco? Like, what, are you kidding me? How is this even possible? So, yeah, I think he totally deserves it. And, yeah, Soros Gardner deserves it. He led the league in passes, defended. But I watched a lot of Aiden Hutchinson on the Lions, Dennis, and I'm like, oh, you know what? That's definitely a candidate, too. But I'm not mad at either one of the Jets players winning it. And you know what's so crazy is that Brees Hall could have ended up being the offensive player of the year, but he ended up getting hurt for the Jets, their running back. They drafted so well this year. What a great job. Yeah, and, and you look at that and you say Brees Hall, Garrett Wilson, Sauce Gardner, and they're only going to get better. And yeah. you put them with some talent, but 1,100-plus yards – with Joe Flacco, Mike White, and uh, the the milf hunter, uh, yeah. <laughs> I just I don't get it. I mean, Excuse it's, me, it's just like how, how did you get that many yards with that pathetic of quarterback play? Amazing! Um, it, it just is. It's phenomenal to me. So uh, I look at that and I say, you know, he definitely deserves it. As far as on the defensive side of the ball, I can understand the Aiden Hutchinson uh, campaign for defensive uh, uh, rookie, you know, player of the year. He was phenomenal, but Sauce Gardner was, I think, playing a tougher position for a rookie to learn and was instantly, from week one, was a one of the best cornerbacks in the league, yeah. bar none. And yeah. by the end of the season... I don't know if there's an argument that there is a better corner in the league and he was only a rookie. So I look at the difference there. Um, but Hutchinson had a huge mammoth season on a very bad defense. So he stood out a lot, but Gardner made that defense even better for the Jets. The Jets were not the previous year. They were not exactly a defensive dynamo. They became a very good defensive team because they had one guy that was going to shut down your best wide receiver. So I, I think I can see the argument on why he won the award over Aiden Hutchinson. Uh, it definitely makes sense. And the big point that you made over there um, is the fact that he plays a tougher position. I mean, you're on an island one-on-one -on -one with some of the best athletes in the entire world. So you know what, Tucker? I definitely get it, and I definitely don't have a problem with the cornerback is so tough. And when you're asked to go out there, I know he doesn't travel much. He usually stays on one side of the field, but you know what? He takes care of that side of the field and you don't have to worry about it so much. Well, you guys are making my point from the last round. You know, we don't, or I'm sorry, we are giving credit, but it doesn't seem like the awards give anywhere near as much credit to defense as offense. So I'll say it again. Yeah. I think it's amazing that Gardner could come in and do what he did. Um, and, you know, nothing against how tough it is to play wide receiver. I get it. But, you know, it's so typical that the wide receiver or the quarterback or the, you know, the offensive star gets awards. And I, I just would echo again, I, I feel like Gardner out of all of them was kind of the, the, the least heralded considering, like we've just said, how tough that spot is to play. So, you know, the Jets obviously kind of, exceeded expectations this year until reality caught up to them. But that had as much to do with the defense as it did with the offense, especially when we could see that quarterback-wise they stunk pretty much all year, um, minus a couple games, I guess. But, you know, that was not where they were succeeding. It was it was surprisingly good defense. So, yeah, I feel like you got to give the award to Gardner just on defense alone with a rookie plan. 
Yep, fair enough. No doubt. And the Jets, damn, too bad. They look good this year. And then they had freaking, obviously, Zach Wilson, who I called Captain Jack Sparrow because he's freaking drunk. <laughs> he's out there. He's like, uh, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. But uh, whatever with him. They are not in the Super Bowl. But Philly and Kansas City are. Kansas City is back after all the doubters came out. Oh, my God, they're not going to win the division this year. They may not even make the playoffs because of Tyreek Hill. He forgot about Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. And now Juju steps up. McCall Harmon played well. He's going to be out for this game. But Darius Tony is coming back. So Kansas City is going to be as healthy as they can. But we know that their main guy's coming in on a lip. A couple of quick stats to go before we break this down in who has the edge. So Kansas City and Philadelphia are the two top sack teams in the entire NFL. Now, Philly had like 70, and I think the Chiefs had something around like 55. So a big difference there. But they were still the two top sack teams in the NFL. And the Chiefs are number one in points scored. The Eagles are number two in points scored. The Eagles defense is number one against points with points against, and they're number one against the pass. So a lot of these say Eagles right now, but we're going to break it down guys. And who has the edge and say, all right, who really does have the edge in this game and why, and where is it won? You know, the game is won in the trenches. We'll get there, but we're going to start with the quarterbacks that we talked about already. Not Mahomes versus Hurts, but Mahomes versus the Eagles defense all right, and Hurts against the Chiefs defense. So, Pat, starting with you, who's got the hmm. Hurts or Mahomes going against those two defenses, respectively? Uh, I'm going to have to say, again, I'm going to have to say Jalen Hurts. Um, I, I think because you look at the O-line in front of him, right, you got Lane Johnson. The What if I've told you many times on your other podcast, I've told you it's a day and night, you know, with him and with – out him in your lineup. Yeah. You have Lane Johnson there, his his security blanket, which gives him plenty of time. And not just that, Lane Johnson creates holes for Miles Sanders, Kenny Gainwell, those kind of guys where they could punch it right up the middle, right up the gut. I think this is where the Eagles might have the edge here. And, and, and to, to flip on the other side of the, of the ball here, that defense side of the ball, where this Eagles front four is just straight nasty, and they make you go one-dimensional. They make you throw that rock. And if Tra- Travis Kanellsi is going to be your uh, security blanket out there, this this Eagles secondary is that nasty. Where yeah. they'll, they'll, well, they're looking to shut you down. Now, like I said, I'm very, very concerned because, again, I mentioned this a little earlier, Patrick Mahomes is very explosive. And the things he can do that most people can't do uh, – and the Eagles really haven't seen a quarterback like this this year. We played against the uh, Kirk Cousins. We played against the only really competition, and I hate saying, trust me, as an Eagles fan, is Dak. Um, but other than, and that was without uh, Jalen Hurts. So, um, but yeah, you have a real, real legit quarterback out there. Oh yeah, no, look, they're both fantastic. It's going to be amazing. And look, and we talk about Patrick Mahomes. He's going up against the number one. Uh, secondary in the entire league, fellas. So that is an issue right there. But again, it is Patrick Mahomes. So as hard as it is against to go against Patrick Mahomes, you feel like Jalen Hurts may have the edge with A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, and Dallas Goddard, and the fact that he can run the ball. It seems like Philly's got the edge there. And like Pat mentioned, that offensive line sending three guys to the Pro Bowl, probably the best offensive line next to Kansas City, which is also ironic. There is no freaking coincidence it's obvious why these two teams are playing they were both the number one seed in afc and nfc and here they are matching up in the super bowl dennis so what do you think about this matchup do you think that patrick mahomes is so great which he really is that he can overcome darius slay and james bradbury and cj garner johnson or does it go to hertz who will have an easier time you know going against you know the seeds of the world and maybe the 
the Boltons that are going to come out there, Justin Reed, Thornhill, those kind of guys who aren't household names. Trent McDuffie's a rookie. So maybe you feel like Jalen Hurts has a better shot at it. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Well, we talk all about Hurts versus Mahomes. We talk about that matchup for obvious reasons. They're the two best quarterbacks in the league right now. Uh, they also It also happens to be the first time we've ever seen two African-American quarterbacks duking yep. it out for the championship. I mean, this is a, a big deal uh, that this is happening this year. But it's all about the offensive lines. You've got the two best offensive lines. And you look at, at the defensive lines, and the, the Chiefs have put on an incredible amount of pressure on teams – yeah, they're second in, in quarterback sacks, but if you look at pressures, they're even better. But the one stat that kind of gets lost in the in the uh, in the the stats, uh, kind of down in the stats, the Chiefs have 34 tackles for loss on rushing plays versus 27 for the Eagles. Very good. So the Chiefs have been able to this year rebuild their defense completely. Bringing in Justin Reed was brilliant as a as a safety i mean you know us chiefs fans we love the honey badger and Sorensen, but they were getting old they were getting slow they were getting beat we brought in you know thornhill uh as a rookie was getting torched he looked better this year justin reed looked better this year so i i think the key to everything though is going to be up front it's the battle in the trenches it's the big boys you know do it as as Keith Jackson used to say, it's the old, it's the big uglies up front. You know, <laughs> it, it's going to be the battle of the lines that is going to set the table. And one thing that the Chiefs have done very good against running quarterbacks this year is they've been able to have very good discipline on the outside of holding their lanes. They don't go looping out deep. They kind of hold their position, keep that quarterback in the pocket where they got torched is when they left the open uh left the middle open and guys could just run right through them but i think what we're going to see is we're going to see the the chiefs use one of their linebackers as sort of a spy on hertz all day long so they're not going to let hertz torch him up the middle like they let burrow get away with uh last you know couple weeks ago That'll be the key, though. In, in the biggest key, though, to this game is I'm not sure Hertz's shoulder is 100%. It wasn't just the fact that he looked a little more tentative since he came back running the ball, which he definitely did. It's the misses that he had against San Francisco on those long pass plays. Those were pass plays that he was just nailing all season long before the injury. Right. He did not look as good. But here's one reason. Well, there's two reasons I'll, I'll, I'll say that Mahomes has the edge here. Mahomes is just a dog when it comes to playing, when he's being doubted and when he's in touch, tough matchups. In his career, when he's been the underdog, he's 6-3, and three, and he's 7-1-1 one one against the spread as an underdog. And when it's a one-and-a-half-point spread, he's either going to win or he's going to lose. I mean, it's not going to be just uh, losing by one point here, I don't think. And the other thing is when he faced the next toughest defense in the league, which was your San Francisco 49ers, the Chiefs put 44 up on San Francisco. 
with drives of 73, 90, 75, 80, and 72, and 33 yards after like a 50-yard punt or kick return. And so thank you for they, reminding me of that. I appreciate it. <laughs> so they and, – and when they got the turnovers against the Niners, they failed to score. Um, so it's the fact that they were able to go on these incredibly long drives all season long. And he even saw it in the playoffs with a backup quarterback when they drove 98 yards. The key is Philadelphia can be beat. Their defense can be beat on the rush. They've given up some rushing yardage this year. They have the toughest pass defense. There's no doubt about it. But Kansas City will be able to run this ball against Philadelphia. And that, that'll keep the Philadelphia Eagles line a little bit honest. And as far as the, the Chiefs go, they're a little better as far as a, a rushing defense this year. There's very few running backs that have had big games against them. So I think they're going to be able to contain Sanders and Gainwell. I think we're going to see a lot more Gainwell because that type of uh, running back did give the Chiefs a little bit of fits this year, a guy who's a little bit twitchier than the than the guy that hits the hole hard. Those kinds of running backs did give the Chiefs a little bit of trouble. Of course, Josh Jacobs gave them a little bit of trouble too, but the, Miles Sanders is not Josh Jacobs. But I just like the edge with Mahomes because he just, when, it, when everything else is even, and I think everything else is even, I just give give it to the best quarterback in the universe to find a way to pull it out. It's the Michael Jordan-esque thing. When the teams are equal, that superstar steps up to the plate. And as great as Hertz has been, we haven't seen him in that situation yet. And that'll be the big test. Could be the coming out part, party for Jalen Hurts, or it could be the uh, the ultimate, you know, blessing of Patrick Mahomes as the as Saint Patrick. Well, all right, there, man. You broke down almost the entire game in that shot, but hey, I, I love it, man. I love it. We can go in a different directions now because you brought it up. So, Tucker, let me throw it to you with this one. As far as like a strategy is concerned, you're talking about Jalen Hurts versus Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes' strategy is on Patrick Mahomes. I'm going to be able to do what I want. Jalen Hurts going into this big game for the first time, obviously. He's been in big games before in college, uh, you know, so he's used to the spotlight and whatnot. But if he comes out with some jitters, you want to have Jalen Hurts have easy throws, roll him out, do a couple of screens, do a couple of hitches, kind of get him in the flow of the game before you start throwing bombs down the field or doing trickery-type plays. So if I were Philly, I would definitely be doing something like that to get Jalen Hurts comfortable in the flow of the game. Without having, because the one thing that I do fear, if I'm an Eagles fan, which I'm not, but if I were <laughs> Fan, I would be afraid of the Chiefs getting out to a two-point, uh, excuse me, a double-digit lead, then 14 nothing early on and making the Eagles a one-dimensional team. So a lot encompasses that. What do you think about that, about Jalen Hurts' strategy coming out and the fact that they could get behind if he does have the jitters? Well, I, I think about this from a coach's perspective, and I love to put everything in terms of the way I play Madden on the PlayStation. Because <laughs> I've taught him very well how to beat just about every team in the game, the strategy. <laughs> when you come out at the beginning, you run the ball. Even if you don't get a lot of cards, it doesn't matter. <laughs> putting them in a position of realizing that this is going to be a grind. I didn't pass it all until later on in the game. Like, <laughs> like, 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 
not going to get everything that you want out of the first couple of drives. And it does put a lot of bonus on your defense. Once again, pass defense, great pass rush. And Mahomes is hobbled. It's the thing we haven't talked about much about. He's on a straight Granted, heroically in spite of it. But if I'm the Eagles defense, I'm blitzing early and I'm putting a lot of, uh, a lot of onus on the secondary. To, to take in the mic right now. What is that coming from? Having to do everything. I think it would, it would be very wise for them to off that hook first and condition the Chiefs defense to the fact that this is going to be a grinded out running style smash mouth kind of game where we're playing hard D, we're chewing up clock, we're running the ball, and we're not putting a lot on Jalen to have to make huge bomb throws. As you guys just said, he wasn't making in the last game. So take that pressure off of him early, get the Chiefs back on their heels, and then finally, when the opportunity presents itself, then go for the home run plays. But I would not try to go for that early if I were the coaches uh, of either team. Uh, especially when both quarterbacks are not at 100% physically. Why on earth would you want to get them hurt in the first quarter and have it turn into another Niners game where you know the game is over before it starts? And especially with Mahomes, who I think is obviously more hurt than, than Jalen, uh, God, I would I would do everything I could to get the ball out of his hand. Run the ball, quick, quick screen passes, so forth. And as you say with Hurts, same deal. Uh, don't make either one have to be the man in the first or even second quarter. Because, you know, out of the two of them, I think we can all agree, Mahomes already has this experience. He's got the pedigree. He, he's he been in this pressure cooker, you know, multiple times. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's won and he's lost. Uh, Hurts, this is, you know, he's he's been, you know, on Alabama, so he knows what it's kind of like to be in these big games and stuff. But this is a whole nother level. And I think, yeah, if I were if I were Philly and I were the coaching staff, I would definitely not put too much pressure on him to have to make big throws early on in the game. Save that for later. Smart. You said it all right there. I totally agree. And what I want to get into now is in the trenches where it all happens. That's where the game is won and lost because, guys, we all know, again, defensive line, offensive line. If your offensive line isn't getting to push on runs, if your offensive line isn't blocking, you're not going to be successful on offense. If your defensive line is getting no push, your quarterback's going to have all day to sit back there. Both of these teams have it. The Eagles, we know, led the league in sacks. The Chiefs were second. Both those lines can push. Talking about Chris Jones, Hassan Reddick on the other side, Fletcher Cox, Sweat. These guys are Brandon Graham. I mean, these guys are absolutely amazing what they put out. And then again, um, Philly on the back end as well. But again, in those trenches right there, the Chiefs have an outstanding offensive line. They really do. But Patrick, can they hold up against your core four or five, really? Because you have so many guys who can get after the quarterback. Do you think that they can do a good job and hold up for a while? Or do you think that Philly's going to eat them up on the line? I'm. It's going to be tough. It's it is, This is, like you said, the, the, that KC O-line is nasty. But I've seen what this this Eagles team has done to nasty lines, and they've ate them up. So, uh, the, listen, they just went through their toughest you know, competition, right, the, the Niners, who, who everyone saw. And they were nasty as well. So I think this might be another day at the bank. And what excites me about this Super Bowl, the whole thing, it's brother versus brother, Jason Kelsey versus Travis Kelsey. Yeah. This is, is uh, you know, so so for me, either, like I said, I, I'm um, for 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 either team, whether it's 
Casey, I know I'm a little off topic here, but whether it's Casey or, or, or Philly, I feel like it, it's a win-win for, for more, most Philadelphia people because you have the brawler aspect going into it. You have uh, the four, Eagles' former head coach who's took the Eagles to the promised land multiple, multiple for 14 years straight. This guy has got, he had winning records for this Philadelphia team. Uh, but the only bad thing is, and, and there's a dirty, it's like the Madden jinx around here. If you happen to throw your team jersey on this Rocky statue, it's like the major curse. I've seen Niners <laughs> fans do it. I've seen Giants fans do it. I've seen Vikings fans do it back in 2017. This is a, a Patriots fan. You do not mess with St. Rocky, okay? And uh, But no, the, but that's a little off topic. So, uh, But back to the game in the trenches, like you were saying, this, this Eagles front four is just nasty, and they are going to, you know, what, what Jonathan Gannon's going to have to do, he's going to come, he's got to get creative uh, and he come up with some great, great blitz comp, you know, packages, whether, you know, whether it's uh, nickel or whatever. Then you got, like I said, the rotation of Dominic Sue, uh, Jordan Davis. I mean, they got guys who can eat. So, uh, I mean, that rotation's heavy. So I think the Eagles will find their way to Patrick Mahomes and Russia. But like I said, uh, as, as Dan said here, Patrick Mahomes under pressure is even more scarier. So, um, I, but you're, you're going to have to get, you know, Jonathan Gannon's going to, have to be, do something very, very creative and make sure you can lock that man down. If not, it's going to be a long day at the beach for the yeah, Philadelphia Eagles. Great. You got it, man. And on the other side, you got Shane Steich, and he's, he's got to be able to call the good plays, like I was talking about. Make sure that you know, mm-hmm. ease into the game, you know, do some rollouts, get Hurts comfortable and everything. And that'll negate the pressure from the defensive line as well, because you're going to have him rolling out of the pocket, make some things happen, use some motion and whatnot. So mm-hmm. I like that. I like that. And there's other aspects that go into it. Like I'm thinking about, you know, Dennis uh, talking to you. I know that you got out of before a little bit, but um, that's one thing that the Chiefs do have going. They've been able to protect Mahomes all year long, but they've never seen a defense like this. Controversially, you know, the Eagles have a fantastic offensive line, but they got to deal with, you know, Carl Laftis, the rookie, and Chris Jones, who is just all world, everything right now. They're going to bring some blitzes. I would think Spagnuolo is going to dial up a few things right there, but Again, it's so tight in the trenches, and that's why both of these teams are really ranked one and two in just about every single category. But who would you give the edge to? And do you give, you know, Mahomes maybe a little more credit because he's seen it before, seen more blitz packages come at him. So what are your thoughts about in the trenches? Well, the thing that scares me as I look at this Eagles team is they have all their success only rushing four. Um, And we saw in the past – when teams have been able to to just go ahead and sit back in coverage. I mean, the, heck, the Bengals did it with eight in coverage and rushing three and getting some pressure on Mahomes in the past. That's how they beat them during the regular season. So when you can rush just four and have seven guys in coverage, you can do some interesting things to try to, try to minimize Kelsey. But when I see, you know, arguably the two best offensive lines – and arguably maybe the two best defensive lines in the league when you look at the whole collection because the Chiefs have been getting play out of some guys in the rotation that you thought were done, you know, as far as their careers go, and now they're making the plays. And even in the playoffs, you know, Clark has been looking young again, you know, where earlier in the season he was struggling. But when I see that much balance, it comes down to the coaching. It comes down to the, the schemes Spagnola is just wonderful at figuring out a way to annoy the opposing quarterback and the opposing offense. 
And Andy Reid is 27-4 and four when he's had two weeks to prepare a game plan to attack. 27-4 and four when he's had that extra week. That is incredible. And, you know, the only thing Andy Reid was lacking in Philadelphia was that great quarterback that could bail him out when other things were going wrong. Now he's got it. You know, I was so thrilled for Andy Reid. He was always one of my favorite coaches even before he came to the Chiefs because he never whined about, you know, can't win the Mm-mm. big one, can't win the big one. Well, you know, if you get to the big one, that's a big deal. That shows if you get to the big one and you are so consistent as a winner, that shows you know what you're doing as a coach. And now that he's got, you know, the best quarterback of a couple of generations to sort of bail him out when he needs it. You know, and and here's the thing. Mahomes has not been a world beater in the playoffs, but still has found a way to get it done when the game is on the line. Um, And now you got him protected. You know, as great as the Eagles line is, as great as they are putting pressure on with only four guys, the Chiefs' offensive line is really good, and their running backs are really good at at giving Mahomes that extra little second to get the the ball off. So it, this is a you know this is the old battle of the titans up front, and and it's going to be whoever wins up front that that is the difference. But I give the edge to the Chiefs. You know, coaching staff, Spagnola's been there, Reed's been there, Biennemi, you know, is kind of the unsung hero behind the scenes, dreaming up a lot of things. Um, They've been tested in the playoffs. The Eagles have not been tested. They've had two walkovers. Are they going to be ready for a test in the Super Bowl? That's going to be the question. There's no doubt that these teams are incredibly even matched. I'll give the edge maybe to Andy Reed and Spagnola being able to find that little extra because they've got that experience on how to react in the middle of a game. Yeah, I'd say there's no doubt the Chiefs have the, have the edge in coaching and they're going to need it there because this may come down to a few plays, a few timeouts called in a few particular spots. There's no doubt. Tucker, I want to ask you this. Um, how would you guard Jalen Hurts in this game? Would, would you play – again, there's a lot of scenarios out there, but I'm thinking of a guy like now, Dennis, you can tell me like Nick Bolton. Maybe he would be the guy to spy Jalen Hurts. Would you spy him and play man defense? Would you play zone defense so you can always keep your eye on Jalen Hurts? Because, you know, he could beat you with his arm, but he could beat you with his legs too. What would you do, Tucker? Well, I'd say, you know, obviously you may have to adjust during the game. But what I would start out doing would be – sagging on on Jalen and like like we're saying you know if you want to put a spy to kind of make sure he's not rolling out as much that's fine but I'm gonna assume that he's still the tentative Jalen we've seen in the playoffs about running and that he's still got injury concerns on that on the shoulder so I would definitely sag back more kind of force him to make the pinpoint passes obviously use the the front four to you know do your best to stuff the run as well as you can yeah and you know, or I'm sorry, you know, if I'm, if I'm KC, you know, try, try your best to stop the run, but yeah, I, I would put a lot of pressure on him to have to make accurate throws downfield versus worrying as much about whether he's going to roll out. Now, again, if he starts turning into, you know, Michael Vick rolling out the pocket every time, well, I guess we're going to have to adjust, 
But, um, yeah, I would start by assuming that neither one of these guys really wants to take a big shot early. Both of them are, are gingerly coming into this game health-wise. And, and yeah, I think, um, you know, either way you're going. But, you know, as you said, what would I do with Jalen? I'd try and knock him on his butt as quick as possible. Uh, <laughs> and, and ditto Mahomes. You know, you want them kind of reeling early and, and knowing this is going to be a, a drag-your-guts-out kind of game uh, versus feeling comfortable back there in the pocket. Now, that being said, I didn't say you want to rush Jalen every time early on. I think it's almost the reverse. You kind of start out sagging back and then kind of crank up the pressure on getting in his face as the game goes on and then force him to make those tough decisions on the fly. But uh, yeah, I would, I would definitely, uh, I would do more of a sag D to start and, and try and force him to make tough passes and try and maybe uh, cherry pick an interception or two. I like it. Jason. Yeah. Jason. Jason, the whole key uh, to Spagnola's greatness as a defensive coordinator is he doesn't show the same look twice. I mean, he just he will he will throw everything at a guy, you know, all out blitz, and then he'll look like the all out blitz is coming and drop eight into coverage. I mean, he just he throws a different look from start to finish. And that's why you didn't see Bolton always over the middle as the spy on Burrow. And when Burrow saw that, he took off. That's going to be the key to Hurts is recognizing the differences. And both teams have been a masterful on the offensive side of showing motion that really, and showing motion and formations to fool defenses, make them think they're going one way and they're going the other. That's been the key to both offenses' success. But Hertz being able to read Spag's defense is going to be a big key. One other thing I'll toss out there, and it's something we almost never talk about, if this does become a little bit more of a defensive tussle, Philadelphia's had troubles punting the ball here down the stretch and in the playoffs. Whereas, you know, KC's got the number one punter when it comes to net yards. So, you know, does it turn into a weird field position game? That's a possibility as well. All right. All right. Pat, do you worry about the Eagles run game at all, knowing that Philly's one little weakness would be their running game on defense, stopping the run? Do you worry about Pacheco up the middle? Do you worry about Jarek McKinnon being versatile and being able to get things done? That scare you at all? Not at all. Uh, and and I'm again. I, I look at this this O line, and I've seen what this this team has done all year. Uh, and listen, we I predicted they were going to you know win the division, uh, just, but I didn't think they were going to be fourteen and three. And they've been blow, they blew off a lot of teams. And now listen, people say that they could say what they want about this Eagles team. They've had an easy schedule, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But still, to blow off NFL teams, you know, sometimes 20, 30, 48 points at times. And it's it's a lot. This offense, Jalen Hurts could, you know, like I said, that run game is nasty. Uh, whether they want to, you know, create holes, where they want to go with it, whether you want to go East Coast, West Coast, up your gut, how you want it. But you got to look at two. Look at that wideout core that they got. Right, you got two explosive guys. You got Jalen, Jalen, AJ Brown. Dante Smith, and don't forget his X factor, his security blanket, Dallas Goddard. Dallas Goddard is an upcoming, you know, tight end that no one is even thinking about, and he finds himself open all the time. This Eagles offense with Shane Steichen uh, running it is is nasty. It's it's very nasty how this team is, and that's like I said, a lot of people look at it it's like uh, who you know, like, like Dennis said, they haven't been really bell tested. And I agree, with Dennis. They haven't had that, you know. You know the team yet, but 
again, when, when, you know, the giants, you know, who, who beat the Minnesota Vikings, who, who came to South Philly with all that hype, you know, splattered, splattered. And, and uh, you know, the 49ers, rather, whether you have Brock Nelson, Brock in there or not, uh, Purdy, uh, I didn't think it was going to make a difference because, you know, you, you got a little sample size from the Cowboys defense, but the Eagles is your main core. And, and that defense, like I said, is nasty. Where you want Fletcher Cox, where you want Brandy Graham, they could rotate it with uh, Jordan Davis, Dominic Sue. Uh, I mean, how, how do you want it is, is up to you. And like I said, that secondary is, is shutdown mode. And like I said, they're going to have all their eyes focused on Travis Kelsey uh, tomorrow night. So, I mean, and this is where like a lot of people have problems. And like I said, but we all know, again, it goes back to square one. We all know what Patrick Mahomes is, can do. And like Dennis said, too, and, and, and Andy and Blasby, those guys could put something together. They, this is the perfect antidote for this Eagles defense. They'll come up with something, some kind of scheme where it's going to be trouble for them. And we're going to see what, whether Nick Soriani is going to be the guy for this Eagles team or not. No doubt. Well said. All around. I love the breakdown by all three of you guys going in different directions. Beautiful stuff. I like that. We're going to predict a winner in a minute, but we're going to help us out with the prop bets now. We're going to do some prop bets on players, oh boy. teams a little bit, and that's going to help us determine who we're finally going to pick when we close out the show. So, Tucker, let me start with you. Jalen Hurts, over under on 275 yards passing. You know, I'm going to say, I'm going to say under. And I hate to disgrace him by saying that, but if 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 I'm Philly and I'm doing this right, I don't want him to have to pass all the time. I want this to be a balanced attack. I would love if I'm their coach to see a hundred rushing yards out of somebody or combined or whatever, uh, cobble that together. So I'd say under. I think it'll be close though. I think he'll probably have around 250, 260 yards, but I'd say under. I think I tend to agree with you. That's really not the Eagles' MO, as Pat will tell me right now. 275 yards, maybe a little bit much for Jalen Hurts because they are going to want to run the ball a lot. Yeah, I think that Jalen Hurts won't come close to 275 yards. I think it's going to be uh, a couple bubble screens here and there. I think it's going to be uh, some some play action uh, play action plays. But if anything, I think it's going to be a lot of running the ball where they were successful at last week. And I think, you know, King Gadwell gets a lot of the touches. I think, if anything, he's going to get a, a just 100, 100 yards short of that. I think it's going to be like a buck 75, okay. maybe 150 yards. If that's the case, that means the Eagles are probably winning and doing real, really well on the ground, I would imagine. But there could be the other side where Kansas City gets up by a lot, Dennis, and maybe Jalen Hurts is forced to throw the ball a lot, and he's having a 350-yard passing day because they're playing catch-up. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Over on 275. Well, he hit that mark over five times during the regular season, but he was under 200 four times. So you look at that and you say, yeah, man, I got to bet the under on this. But you're right, Jason, if uh, if if they can't run the ball. And and here's the thing. You look at the at the stats for the Eagles and how how great they did running the ball. You take away the 700 plus yards that that Hertz had. And they're about a 15th to 17th best. They're middle pack when it comes to rushing with their running backs. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with the under, though. Yeah, and that is the big part of their game, of Jalen Hurts' game, though, is obviously running the ball and the RPOs of the number one RPO team in the league. That's how dynamic they are. And Jalen Hurts seems to make the right decision more often than not. All right, how about Patrick Mahomes, Tucker? 325 yards over under. Ooh. 
Uh, you know, I'm going to say under again, and, it, and it's not because he couldn't go over. I think Pat very well has proven that he can throw for as many yards as he wants. But I'm thinking uh, ankle issues here. I'm thinking Reed and the coaching staff trying to take some of that pressure off of Pat as well. I'd like to say, again, it'll probably be close, but I, I'm going to go under. I'm going to say if they're doing it right, it's more balanced than that. They don't have to put all that on his shoulders. Um you know, I'd, I'd say close. Maybe he throws for 300 or, or or so, but 25 sounds like a lot, and it sounds like he's having all that much trouble too. You know, they're they're leaning too hard on uh, who as great as he is. I just don't think physically uh, that's that's a wise thing to do to him in this game. I think the best thing you could do is try and balance the offense uh, better than that. And that's what I think they will do. So I do agree with you, Tucker. I think they're going to try to have success with the run game, and I think they will to a degree. How much, I don't know. But it's so funny, Pat. Every time you look up, Patrick Mahomes is throwing for 330 <laughs> yards. Every time yeah. So what would you, what do you think? you think that he's going to get three, uh, th- 325 over under? Me, I, I think he's going to be – I think he's going to be under. I think, uh, like Tucker was saying, that, you know – uh, with some injuries and all that stuff. And, and I just think that, you know, with this Eagles defense and secondary, it's, it's going to make it tough for him. I think he, he'll he'll just be – also he'll be in the 260 mark, though. That's going to be a factor. But I think that uh, the Eagles defense is going to be a little bit too much for him to handle. But I still think he gets – he's obviously going to get his in. So I think he's going to get thrown for 260. I know they're hyped up for that game. And, Dennis, you know, Andy Reid loves to throw that football. So is Mahomes going to get 325 over under? That's a big number. And he's done it five times in the playoffs in the last three years. He did it nine times during the regular season. But that's a huge number. And I just don't see them wanting to throw the ball that much. I look at them just dinking and dunking. I don't look at them airing the ball out. They're going to be, they're going to be sickening with the three, four yard pass plays. Yeah. Just trying to to move the ball down the field against an incredibly tough Eagles defense. The Eagles are not going to give him time to get those deep passes in. So I would have to go under on this. Uh, I'm thinking he'll be closer to that 280 to 300 um, yard mark. Um, Effective yards, but uh, 325 is a big number. You know, let me jump in one more time and say yeah. I don't think we've taken up uh, enough for how good these defenses are. I mean, we've talked about it. Yeah. But I, I just get this gut instinct that this game is going to be almost like Rams-Patriots uh, when they played. It's going to be a lot of, of just bludgeoning defense, low score, and – and yeah, I don't think that favors either one of those quarterbacks passing for a ton of yards. I think it favors a low score, probably whoever has the ball at the end and can do something heroic is going to win. But yeah, I think these defenses are going to keep both those guys under those under those numbers because of how well they're going to play. Boy, I can't wait to watch this game, man. This one looks like one of the makings, man, for one of the best ones we're going to see in a while. And I really hope it is. And I hope that Patrick Mahomes is as healthy as possible. I want to see the best go at it. Uh, Tucker, back to you real quick. Let me go to a wide receiver. A.J. Brown, 85 yards receiving. Over or under? Over. Over. I mean, if they're going to be successful in this game, A.J. is going to have to be a huge part of that in this game. I could not agree more. All year. But, yeah, I'd say 
win or lose, he'll be over. We'll use another Eagles analogy from the past. T.O. had a great game back when they played in the Super Bowl, even in defeat. Uh, and they needed every bit of it to even hang tough in that game. Uh, I think A.J. Brown is their new T.O. So, yeah, he's going to get over 85. I don't know. I guess somewhere around 1, 125, something like that. Man, Pat, in the beginning of the year, I put out my top 10 wide receivers and had A.J. Brown ranked seventh. And let me tell you, people were killing me. A.J. Brown, you got to be out of your mind. I'm like, okay, watch. You just wait and see. I obviously tore it up this year. I'm with Tucker. I think that A.J. Brown's going to have a really big day. I'm going over 85. I'm not. No. I think – no, because I think that's where Kansas City is going to play a lockdown. Maybe go put two guys on, double coverage them. But I do think Dallas Geyer is going to be that guy who gets most of the uh, passes thrown at his way. I think he's going to be your X factor tomorrow's game. Well, if they're locking, if they're going to try to lock down AJ Brown, and I say the word "try" because it's very difficult. Fifty mm-hmm. over like ninety ten balls to him. That guy is amazing. Then yeah, Goddard and Devontae Smith are going to be wide open. Kenneth Gainwell are going to be able to make a lot of plays. The run game will be there. So wow, AJ Brown being a decoy, they'll take it if they can win, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Dennis, what do you think of AJ Brown, the stud, eighty five yards? That's a big number, and I'm a big A.J. Brown fan. Uh, I Over at the Science of Fantasy Football, I prepare a statistical tool called Weekly Values, which is a combination of consistency and big game ability in fantasy football. He's my WR6 right now. Okay. That's, that's how good I, I think, how highly I think of him. He had five games over 85 in the regular season, which tells me that playoff time might be tough to make that number. Mm-hmm. I hear that. All right. All right. We're breaking it down. We're going to break down one more statistic over here in, in the edge, and then we're going to make our Super Bowl picks, and then we're going to go enjoy our weekend. So last one. Tucker, let me go to you first. Eagles, sacks, two and a half, over, under. Over. Over. Went with the quick over on that. All right, Dennis, what about you? Over, under? Whew. I I have to go over. Mahomes' lack of mobility, I think, just over. I think there'll be be about three sacks in this game, uh, which will be a big number for Mahomes. They usually give up less than two uh, on average a game. But, yeah, I'll take the over just barely can mean the game, especially on third downs. Pat, what do you think? You boys over. Get a half? Over. over. Yeah. Under? Oh, uh, yeah. It's, it's over. The, the Eagles oh. are getting their sacks in. Yeah, they're getting this. Yeah, they're, they're getting, getting this. this. Watch out, Orlando Brown Jr. Sorry, we're coming through. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Move out the way. Move out the way. All right, how about the Chiefs with their defensive line real quick? Pat, back to you. One and a half sacks for the Chiefs. Take the over. Over on yeah. the one and a half. All right, Dennis, one and a half for the Chiefs. Now, are you counting just the defensive line? No, no, Saxon Henry. <laughs> yeah, because they're gonna they're gonna come with some uh, some safety blitzes. They'll come with Legarius Sneed off the the edge. They'll they'll come with the whole kitchen sink. Uh, they will be over. Yeah. All right. All right. Going over. And uh, Tucker, to you, one and a half sacks for the Chiefs. I said defense is gonna be what this game is all about on both sides of the ball. So I gotta believe it's over. Love it. Uh, yeah, I, I think both these defenses are going to have days, and I think they're going to decide this game more so than, than the offenses, which I know is shocking because these are obviously great offensive teams, but defense wins championships. These are both really quality defenses, I think, over. 
That's right. And I'm glad that you and you guys have brought that point out consistently throughout the show that def- defense wins championships. Both these teams have great defenses as it is. You know, again, the one weakness maybe for Philly is that they're a little eh, against the run, a little blase against the run. Maybe for the Chiefs, it could be their secondary sometimes. I know Sini's coming back in this game. I don't know how fully healthy he's going to be. But for me, guys, as we go ahead and we're going to make the picks and we're going to go around, I think the Chiefs definitely need to come out trying to run the ball and keep trying to run the ball, even if it's not working so much right away, and rely on Patrick Mahomes to make the right decisions. As far as the Eagles go, Hurts, like I said earlier in the show, roll them out, easy passes, quick slants, hitches, just to start the game off. Do your RPOs, let them get clean looks. All easier said than done because, again, we're talking about two top-notch defenses over here. And when we went through who has the edge, really on every single one of them, for the most part, Philly had the edge except for head coach. Now, head coach does make a big difference in any football game. Obviously, the Super Bowl is as big as it gets. But Nick Sirianni has been doing a really good job. I'm not comparing him to Andy Reid. That's blasphemous. So I'm going to do that. But – this game will not be a blowout either way, but I do feel like, guys, I feel like the Eagles have more. I think they have more talent, the roster up and down. I do worry about Patrick Mahomes' ankle. I do worry if they are going to be able to run the ball. If they become one-dimensional, the Eagles can get five or six sacks in this game. So you know what? I'm going to take Philly 24-21. Tucker, what do you got? You know, oh, by, the way, by the way, let me give you my MVP. I told you I was big on A.J. Brown. I'm going nuts on him, guys. 127 yards and two touchdowns. Jason, what what did they put in your coffee this morning? I need it, buddy. I need it. <laughs> I've, I've been pretty. You'll come on next week. You'll be like, Jason, you are the sports prophet. Yes. <laughs> I've been pretty good calling these scores for these championship games. I'm not like unbeaten, but I was real close last year, close last few years, and it's really hard to make this call for this game. I was thinking long and hard about it before we did this today. And what I think is, like I said, it's going to be a pretty low-scoring game. Now, that doesn't mean they're going to have any touchdowns, but it's going to be pretty low-scoring. And that it's probably going to be like a field goal at the end that, that decides this game. And I feel like if there's any time left on the clock for Mahomes, that favors him. Somehow, I just get this premonition that it's going to be Mahomes, even after getting his butt kicked all game, driving them down the field, seconds left, long field goal for the win. So I'm going to say KC – 20 to 17, and it's going to be fingernail close the whole way. All right. I like it. I like it. Yeah, if Mahomes does have the ball in his hands last, we've seen what can happen even in 13 seconds, Pat, but I know you're going the other side, man. Of course I am. I, I, and, and I'm like I said, I'm one of those guys, trust me, uh, who don't wear the, the, the green sunglasses. I'm very, actually, uh, very realist with these teams, but what I've saw in, in the playoff run in this whole year, I'm going to go a, a 28-14 win Eagles. Oh, you're going to a pretty big win by a couple of touchdowns, huh? Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm feeling that confident. And I'm usually not that guy. Trust me. <laughs> if uh, I'm usually not that. I know you keep it uh, I keep it real as much as I can. But, again, keep what I've seen this team do. And, and Casey just getting in from a Bengal stupid penalty. Um I don't know if the Eagles are going to make those kind of dumb moves uh, tomorrow. I just feel like this team has just been what they are all year, a, a juggernaut. Yeah, and I feel that win. And, and that's where coaching comes in. Don't make stupid plays. Don't make dumb penalties. A lot of that stuff, that can turn the game, turn over. And, and don't forget, I mean, no one really count the Eagles five years ago. And I know it's a whole different thing. But look, 
you had the great, you had the goat Tom Brady going against Nick Foles, a backup quarterback, right? And shocked the world here. Yeah. So, uh, but now we're just hoping for that aggressive smash your mouth. And the way uh, I don't know if you guys follow Lane Johnson on Instagram, but the man himself said he said uh, the playoffs run through here, and he's on a mission. So uh, when he gives you his word, I mean that that Eagles O line, whether it's Malata, Kelsey. Uh, Lane Johnson, that team is nasty. And, and like I said, I, I keep it real. I try not to be that guy who has the green pom-poms and green sunglasses. I just think uh, this is what I'm seeing. And shout out to former Rams quarterback Nick Foles. That, that he, <laughs> yes. He may be St. Patrick over in Casey, but we all know he's St. Nick over there. <laughs> That's funny. I love it. Hey, Listen, uh, real fast. This is why Carson Wentz want to get out of here. You know what I mean? There's a statue of the guy, yeah. front, him and Dougie P doing Philly Philly. Okay. There's, there's a statue literally out front of that stadium. And you don't think that guy went to work every day crying about that. So, but yeah, that, that's, that's all. Like I said, that's a whole nother subject we, we've got going on over here. <laughs> I love it, man. That's true. Very true. Hey, Dennis, we got to split down the middle. So, well, I'm going with the Eagles. Tucker's going with the Chiefs by Mahomes having the ball with the last minute over here. And, of course, our resident uh, Eagles fan is going with the Philadelphia Eagles to win the game 28-14. But Tucker and I both had it close. They got the Eagles by a field goal. Tucker's got uh, the Chiefs by a field goal. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a lower-scoring game than uh, most folks are thinking. Uh, I like the Chiefs 23-20. Ah, familiar score. I figured that was coming. 23-20 on a last – Second field goal by uh, by old Harrison Butker. So yeah, I'm I'm gonna go Chiefs by three in this one. I think it's gonna be a tough fought game. It's gonna come down to who turns over the ball the most, and you know it's just a it's gonna be more defense than a lot of folks are giving it credit. Yeah, and I'm glad that we are giving it credit on the show because again we're talking about two of the top defensive teams in the league. But of course, we all fall in love with offense, so we all want to talk about the quarterbacks and the wide receivers and yada yada. But you know what? We broke it down for real on this football show. That's how it's going to go. So we got two Chiefs, we got two Eagles going on the show. Let's see. We got just what 34 hours to go until this bad boy starts. I can't freaking wait, man. So let's go around the horn real quick. Let everybody know where they can find you, what you do, and anything that you want to pop out, promote. Tucker, why don't you start us off, man? All right, first of all, this cat was climbing my leg through half of this. <laughs> and you kept it cool. And you kept it cool. Eight-week-old cat. So shout out to her. Um, I got to say, if you want to listen to the podcast, it's Rappers Don't Golf on every network you can think of, wherever you do your and rappers don't golf out. Um, definitely want to get out to my buddy Rory Mitchell, Mitchell Report Unleashed podcast, which is my main sponsor, my producer, Rory's Mitchell Report Unleashed. And then as far as promo, I got two books that I've written over the last couple of years that are dropping pretty much in succession. My book called Quick Trips coming out in March, self-published. Uh, if you want more information, it's my Twitter page. is Dale Booth on Twitter. Uh, you can holler out there. Are already being sold, and then also shout outs to Lisa Cornwell, formerly Golf Channel. I wrote her worldwide with a distribution. Uh, we are proud to announce we've got Hillary Clinton as our forward for the book, uh, writing the forward. All kinds of all kinds of and uh, very excited. I've wanted to write books my entire life. 
I got two dropping in the same year. So uh, definitely check me out. I'm only on Twitter for real. Uh, if you want to email me directly, Tucker Booth at and thank you guys. It's been a real pleasure. No, hey, Tucker, glad you could be on, man. No doubt about it. And uh, yeah, again, you can find Tucker uh, on Twitter, but again, like you said, he gave you his email address. But if you want to find Tucker on Twitter, it is at, let me just make sure I got the right one. It is at Tucker Dale Booth. So Tucker Dale Booth, that's where you can find the baby. And got to make sure we can find the others. Dennis, I'm so glad you can make your presence on the show, man. Appreciate you being with us. Well, I appreciate the invite. Uh, folks can follow me at DMike Media on uh on Twitter, best way to keep up with everything, whether you're interested in listening to oldies in the morning, 6 to 9 a.m., Monday through Friday, or I uh, want to know more about soybean cyst nematodes, you can turn in, tune into the Noon Farm Show uh, at WITY Radio. Also, Science of Fantasy Football, where I team up with the professor, John Bush, who's shown me so much on the data side of things. Uh, the man is a freaking genius, and it's a pleasure working with him. You can also listen to our data, uh, data lab podcast over at For Frequency's Sake. And, of course, once the AUDL Ultimate Frisbee season starts, I'll be the play-by-play announcer for the Chicago Union. You can check us out on AUDL TV. It's Frisbee football. It's a crazy sport. It's a lot of fun. I love it. I love it. Well done right there. Beautiful. And Pat, take us home, man. I've been on your show, so I know how great of a host you are. <laughs> Listen, guys, uh, I do a, a podcast, L Philadelphia, Devro Sports, on the Edge of Philly Sports Network. Um, it's called the PM and the AM. Me and my broadcast partner, Mike Laro. You catch us talking all Philly four for four teams. Uh, you got your Sixers, your Eagles, your Phillies, your Flyers. And we do some more. We talk Philadelphia Union. We talk Philadelphia Wings, lacrosse. I mean, we, we pretty much break it down. Uh, catch us tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, and again, like I said, we, we do nothing out of shtick. I mean, me and my broadcast partner, we fight regardless. When your broadcast partner tells you he wants to trade Joel Embiid, uh, yeah, you're bound to pick a fight with me at any time. <laughs> so, but listen, uh, like I said, we, we do a great job. Um, you know, we entertain the people of Philadelphia. And uh, like I said, catch us tomorrow morning on YouTube. Go to Edge of Philly Sports, you know, YouTube page. Catch us there and uh, give us a like and a listen. I love it. I love it. I'll be listening to that on my travels tomorrow morning. I got a busy morning before the Super Bowl starts, so I'll be doing that. And hey, you guys can check us out Wednesday night, 7 o'clock Eastern Time, 33 podcast with me, Damian, and Nikki. Nikki's back from Aruba, so we'll be breaking down the Super Bowl, what we saw, and all sorts of good stuff. Bring back knowledge with Nikki. Have a lot of fun. Stay tuned. We'll keep you all informed on Twitter at SportsProfit1. Do us a favor. Go to Third and Three Podcast on YouTube and subscribe, like. We would appreciate it. We love you. Hey, I love you guys, man. Thanks for coming on and making time for me this morning. I know you're all busy, but I appreciate it. Much love. How about that? Anytime. How about that? All right. We're out of here, guys. Have a good one. See you next time. Peace. See you guys.